welcome to another episode of Just a Tad on the DTF Podcast. My name is Sam Norton, and you are a confirmed listener, subscriber, lover, person who just stumbled across, maybe even someone who doesn't speak English, and now you're going, who the fuck is this guy talking? Uh, or, or you're like, oh, oops, I got the wrong podcast. Whatever you are, thanks for listening and uh, liking. Uh, we are back with another episode and we're going to go a little bit weirder this week and talk about specifically uh, an actor who some younger people may not know as a, a comedian. Like, uh, he's in the latest of years become a real uh, contender for, like, oh shit, this guy's just a dramatic actor. But uh, the way I grew up with him uh, and still look at him, he's a. Uh, comedic actor first and a dramatic actor second uh both at the pinnacle of uh each trade he's he's i think one of the best comedic actors and best dramatic actors and best well-rounded actors uh at least of our generation that's still alive in my opinion could be wrong i'm not an actor but i like him a lot and that man is michael keaton uh he's uh he's fantastic uh, you may know him from uh, such hits as like Beetlejuice or Tim Burton's Batman, Batman Returns. Uh, as of late, uh, you may know him from Birdman. Uh, he did that movie. Uh, the dude's had a really long career. He's originally from Pittsburgh and now is uh, you know an LA guy. Uh, that that were I mean he could still be out in Pittsburgh now, but. You know, he became an actor. He started doing stand-up back in the 80s. Uh, you can actually find clips of him on. It's not that good. Uh, I, I listened to an interview of him where he said he only did it for about a year, year and a half, uh, back in the early 80s, just to uh, try it out. And in that interview, I respect him a lot because he ended up saying, like, yeah, that was one of the hardest things that he's ever done. And he said that he used to go around in New York at the time when he was there he'd go around to catch catch rising star danger fields all that and he say you know I put in uh, I put in the time to develop material but he's like I just didn't have it in me to see what it really was when he saw real comics rolling around the city uh, blood sweat and tears and uh, doing what it needs to be doing what needs to be done to you know actually be a a really good stand-up comedian he's like i couldn't do it so i went into acting and uh i personally am glad that he did because he fucking shines a very bright light in that uh in that field in my opinion guy is uh i don't know the guy all right so michael keaton ever since i was little uh has been a like weirdly a big part of my life in the way that you know Americans especially but I think Western people like whenever you grow up with like TV and movies uh, you end up seeing those faces quite a bit now I don't you know I don't know the guy personally but it's like dude's been around my whole life you know what I mean like I ever since I was little I was watching movies with him and he's still in movies now and he's in movies that I absolutely uh, adore and a couple of them we're gonna talk about but he's uh, you know like to give like examples of like not milestones but just kind of uh mile markers well i guess that is a milestone you idiot but like th there, there's moments in your life where you look back and it's like there's 
there's just little pieces that you go like, yeah, that was part of this part of my life. And Michael Keaton's kind of been there every step of the way in a weird sense. Like, the first um, superhero I ever saw on the big screen was Tim Burton's Batman, and that was Michael Keaton. Like, the first time I got to see a real superhero wasn't... Uh, I, I didn't... For some reason, I didn't see uh, Superman uh, before I saw Batman. I... I was born in 87 and then when you know batman came out i was uh, michael keaton's batman i was around three four years old which is like the perfect time to go see batman and i did i remember seeing it it was fucking fantastic uh and then i saw christopher reeve's superman later like on vhs or something but batman was like the first superhero i remember seeing and uh, Michael Keaton, still to this day, I, as much as I like the Dark Knight trilogy and Ben Affleck, uh, Michael Keaton's still my Batman. Um, and uh, so that's like my first superhero thing, right? Like That's a big part of your childhood of like, yeah. Now, I ended up becoming a huge Joker fan, Jack Nicholson. We'll talk about the Joker at some other point on this podcast, but like, I'm a, I'm a huge Joker fan. But uh, you can't have Joker without the Batman, and Michael Keaton really defined that to me. Uh so that's kind of a big thing like the first superhero you see whenever you're a kid now the next one that was pretty big the first non-children's movie like i that i got to find on my own because i grew up in a family uh, like a big family and so movies were always either on or being introduced to me from either my big brothers and sisters like the movie goonies that was made i think before i was born if not like right around that but i didn't know about it until my sister laura she ended up introducing me to that, and I love Goonies. It's a great movie. Like, me and my nieces and stuff watch it together. It's a great movie, but I didn't find it on my own. The one movie that I found on my own that wasn't, like, a children's movie, like, uh, <laughs> I don't know what children's movie I could even think of right now, like Ninja Turtles movie or the Transformers movie or whatever. Uh, first movie, like, a kind of adult movie I found on my own was Beetlejuice. And uh, now it's more made for, like, adolescence i guess but like i was a pretty young kid when that came out and to me that was an adult movie he said nice fucking model i was like oh he said the fuck word it was great and again who is beetlejuice he is michael keaton uh big part of my like we my next door neighbor austin we like beetlejuice so much we used to uh we'd watch it and then whenever we'd go outside and play pretend uh it would that would work our way that Beetlejuice would work its way into our like pretend whatever we were doing. A lot of times it was like, oh, we're superheroes or we're solving a crime. But it would eventually, in weird ways, would turn into like Beetlejuice thing. Where I I vividly remember drawing uh, with chalk like a door on uh, the side of our bricks uh, on my porch. Uh, there was a sign on a lamppost that we could have just read, but we pretended to read as, like, this way to Saturn, and then we would act like we were being hunted by the uh, the sand monsters and stuff. We were so into that fucking movie, but it's because, like, we found it. It was our movie, it felt like. Like, nobody else really talked about it at school. Uh, I mean, it was still a big fucking movie, of course. It got its own cartoon, but, like, whenever we found it, it you couldn't tell us that it was a big movie because it felt like we found it. It was ours, right? Uh, and so Michael Keaton, I kind of had that ownership over Beetlejuice and thus Michael Keaton when I was younger on that aspect too. And then when I found out the same guy was Batman, it even more was like, ah, oh, fuck, Michael Keaton's awesome, right? And then, that's not even the most part. Then the first, 
like quotable adult movie that I had with my dad. Uh, you know, whenever you like have that one moment, well, for those of you who have dads and also have good relationships with your dad, I had a good relationship with my dad, still do. Uh, it got a little rocky for a little bit, but that's good. So fuck you. I'm a I'm a happy uh, I'm a happy person, and I do comedy. So my comedy is mediocre. Um, but the first movie I had was uh, Trains, Planes, and Automobiles, uh, which does not have Michael Keaton in it. But the uh, another like the second one or the first like one of the first uh, quotable movies I had with my dad was uh, like a not well known comedy named Night Shift. And the main protagonist in that movie is uh, Henry Winkler, that's the Fonz, and fucking Michael Keaton. Again, Michael Keaton popped up again in my life when I was like, uh, and I watched this movie with my dad. It's basically two guys start a prostitution ring, I believe if I'm remembering correctly, in a, like they're in a morgue and they run it out of the morgue. But they have, they don't like let people fuck the bodies. Uh, they just like, Henry Winkler... Uh, has a night shift at a morgue, I believe, and then uh, somehow they just start running this because nobody's ever around, and so they uh, have uh, prostitutes come in, and uh, they kind of uh, they become pimps in a weird way. And Michael Keaton's just a, a real buffoon. But anyways, there's um, there's a scene I'm gonna play here in a little bit that me and my dad quote uh, all the time to each other, and it's uh, it's fucking hilarious. Um, so, oddly enough, we're going to talk about uh, all three of these and why I think Michael Keaton is uh, a fantastic character actor, but also a fantastic comedic actor. Um, so, we're going to play clips from uh, the movie Beetlejuice, uh, the movie Night Shift will be second, and then I'm going to play something from, not a movie, but a sketch that he did on SNL, okay? I'm going to play that one last for you guys. Because uh, th that's going to be the first thing I'm going to talk about whenever we come out of it. But it like all three of these uh, clips I'm going to play um, really, really showcase what I like about Michael Keaton the most. I'm going to say it right now so you guys can pay attention to it. Just enjoy the clips. But when we come back, I'll dive into exactly why I think this. But I think Michael Keaton, his genius and the thing that kind of unites every good or great um, comedic role he's ever had is that this guy has really perfected being the unapologetic creep or scumbag. And we'll talk more about that when we come back. But just enjoy these clips. We'll come back and talk more about the genius of Michael Keaton. <laughs> You know how to pick up. Let me ask you something. Is this relationship really solid? Do I have a shot at her at all? Excuse me. Sure. Am I overstep my bounds? Just tell me. Come on. You know what's really beautiful about this? You two kids picked me. You didn't have to, but you picked me. It makes me want to kiss you guys. Come on. Come no. On. Give me one. Come on. Come on. Come on. All right. Let's get down to business. You're right. I got a card around here somewhere. Here. Here. Who do I have to kill? Here, hold that for me, would you? There. Whoa! Oh, there, you there you go. You don't have to kill anybody. Ah, possession. Good. Learn to throw your voice. Fool your friends. Fun and party. <gasps> no, we just want to get some people out of our house. Ah, I understand. I understand. Well, look, in order to do that, I'm really going to have to get to know you guys. You know, we got to get closer. Move in with you for a while. Get to be real pals. You know what I'm saying? And... <laughs> <laughs> Save that guy oh. for later. Huh? <laughs> 
my wife and I would like to ask you a couple of questions. Sure, 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 sure. Go ahead, shoot. Well, well, for instance, uh, what are your qualifications? Ah, well, I attended Juilliard. I'm a graduate of the Harvard Business School. I travel quite extensively. I lived through the Black Plague, and I had a pretty good time during that. I've seen The Exorcist about 167 times, and it keeps getting funnier every single time I see it. Not to mention the fact that you're talking to a dead guy. Now, what do you think? You think I'm qualified? What I mean is, can you be scary? Oh, oh, I know what you're asking me. Can I be scary? What do you think of this? <laughs> you like it? What are we really talking about here? Huh? What's the essence of what we're talking about? I'll spell it out for you if I have to. Prostitution. Prostitution. Hey, we can say it. We're big kids now, right? You know, a lot of times it'll help you to understand a word if you break it down. So let's do that now, shall we? Pros doesn't mean anything. Forget about that. Tit, I think we all know what that means. Two, okay, two, tit. And shun, of course, from the um, Latin to shun. To say no, uh-uh, thank you anyway, I don't want it. To push away, doesn't even belong in this word, really. So let's get rid of that. You know, um, if I can take a moment here, uh, and I mean this, what I'm about to say. I feel a lot of love in this room. I don't know, maybe it's me, but I'll tell you something, I was here a minute ago, and uh, it's really beautiful. So at this moment, I think it's important that I see all of your breasts. Oh, hi. Well, it's that time again, everybody. It's Easter. Let's see what's in our Easter basket. Hmm, this, this is an Easter egg I died. I think it's excellent. <laughs> this, this is a plush bunny rabbit. I call him Glennie, after Glenn Close. <laughs> Yesterday was Good Friday, but this, this is the best Friday. <laughs> Hey, Portia, how's it going over there? Good. What, uh, what are you doing? I'm hiding eggs. <laughs> How cute is she? The answer is, kind of. And for our Jewish friends, this is unleavened bread, which means, unlike Jesus, it doesn't rise. Jesus won. Bread, nothing. <laughs> oh, look here. This is a Cadbury egg. I gave these up for Lent last year. You know what I gave up this year? Cocaine. <laughs> Almost.
Hey, Portia, what do you got over there? A child chicken. Where, where'd you find it? Mm, he found me online. Yikes. In here, oh yeah, look at this. Here's a marshmallow peep. I coughed this up whole this morning. Something's wrong with me. And these, these are Jordan almonds. And this is my friend Jordan. He's not an almond, but he's a nut. Show him. Told you. All right, and we're back. And that, uh, again, just to recap, was clips from Beetlejuice, Night Shift, and SNL sketch about Easter candy. Uh, now, that last clip, I said I wanted to touch upon that. So that was done a few years ago on SNL when uh, he, Michael Keaton, just got done with Birdman. It was a really big deal. He got Oscar nominations, and I believe won uh, Best Actor, I believe. And uh, he was he, he kind of had a big comeback, right? And uh, he was hosting SNL, and he showed his chops again to, I think, a new generation that Michael Keaton is funny as fuck. And that sketch is just a weird sketch where Michael Keaton's sitting in a chair going through an Easter basket as, like, a character of himself being the weirdest, creepiest guy in the world, and it's fucking hilarious. I, I implore you, if you thought it sounded funny, look it up and just watch his facial tics and mannerisms and it makes it even more hilarious because he's fucking cre he's weird he's weird and creepy and you get the sense that he's got a lot of people buried in his crawl space now the reason I, uh, again i played that clip is i think that is where michael keaton shines uh as a comedic actor i've seen it stand up right and you guys can uh you guys can listen to his stand up i was thinking about playing some of this uh on uh, on the podcast, uh, like playing a little clip of it, but it's honestly, it's not that good. And so I'm not going to subject you guys to his, uh, standup. But when you watch that, you watch Michael Keaton be, it's weird, like nice and wholesome. And the, that, that edge, that je ne sais quoi, uh, is, is gone. And when I was watching these clips in that standup, trying to figure out why, I find Michael Keaton so funny. It snapped after watching the stand-up of like, oh, he's not being a scumbag. Beetlejuice, uh, his character in Night Shift, the SNL character, uh, almost uh, the Birdman, like the funny lines he has in that. Almost every comedic role he's had. Even, all right, so he has a bit part. I'm, I'm kind of all over the place, but I'm going to make a point. He has a bit point, or bit part in uh, the movie Other Guys, starring Mark Wahlberg and Will Ferrell. And he plays this, uh, their captain, like their police captain, uh, who uh, oddly, like, says TLC quotes, and like, like the group, the musical group, he just injects TLC quotes as if they were his own. And Mark Wahlberg and Will Ferrell's character keep calling him out, like, that, no, that's weird. That, that's a TLC quote. And he keeps being oblivious to what he's doing. And his captain, uh, the, the, Michael Keaton's character, the captain, uh, also 
has a day job. So he's a captain at a police station, but he also has a day job managing a Bed Bath & Beyond. A uh, very weird character. And there's even aspects of that to where he's definitely a goof, but he's like a... Uh, like, creep and scumbag may not uh, infuse that, but there's still that aspect of, like, he's unapologetic with how dumb he is, but he's also... It's kind of a scumbag that he has both a managerial job and a uh, a job as a police captain, and he probably doesn't deserve either, because the guy seems like a fucking moron who just stumbled ass backwards into that job. Uh, Beetlejuice is a scumbag for scumbag's sake. He's a pervert and uh, really deserves no respect. Uh, in Night Shift, his character is basically a hustler and a guy that... In any other circumstance, like if he were on the street playing poker, he would have been stabbed to death within a week. Uh, his SNL character that I played uh, is just a real scumbag who uh, doesn't uh, does definitely doesn't deserve his own TV show that they're pretending he has, uh, and probably has bodies in his crawl space. Uh, like every uh, Birdman, uh, he's uh, it's basically uh, allegory for. Uh, Michael Keaton's actual life, but in that movie, he's also a scumbag. His best roles, uh, other than Batman, his best roles are uh, when he taps into this, like, uh, this, like, deep, maybe it's a deep part of him or something, but it's this, like I said, it's an unapologetic creep. And, and you know what? Now that I'm thinking about it, Batman is an unapologetic creep. He dresses up like a fucking bat, a millionaire, dresses up like a fucking bat and goes out and, you know, beats up poor people. The guy is an unapologetic creep or an oblivious creep or scumbag. And so, yeah, I think that's where, I think that's some part of Michael Keaton can really tap into that as like a, uh, uh, a dynamic, uh, character flaw and character, uh, virtue. And with, it, it, like every character it seems that I'm talking about in these clips they all have confidence but no substance um in, in a very generalized way but like uh the the, the ob obviously the character in Night Shift where he's uh talking about prostitution breaking down the word uh that is 100% all confidence no substance right he uh, is trying to be the leader of all these hookers and trying to be a pimp and really this rabble-rousing speech and having uh, really kind of bringing his troops into battle. And uh, basically his whole speech is like, hey, prostitution's got uh, the word tit in there. Two tits, so that's pretty cool, right? Uh, so no substance. A lot of confidence, a lot of buildup, no substance. Beetlejuice as well. He keeps, like the whole movie is he's selling himself that he can do... Uh, what uh, you know? What they ask of him, but he, really, he's just a scumbag that's trying to get out of the nether realm and become part of. Uh, uh, he, he's got his own agenda. He's he's a con man, right? Like all of his. It, basically, that's Michael Keaton's rub. It's that he's able to play a con man very well, whether it's an oblivious con man, uh, or an actual con man. Oblivious con man would be uh, his character in Night Shift. Right, he he thinks that he's able to really uh, build this business of prostitute, like a prostitution ring, and he's gonna do it well, and he's just oblivious to how dumb he is. Or he's Beetlejuice, where uh, he he has all the confidence in the world, but he uh, just doesn't have the substance because he has his own agenda. He's a fucking con man. 
and each of the like now let's get into the comedy of all of these the the way he inhabits that space is more than I've seen any other comedic actor do now I brought up there was a movie back in the early 2000s called uh, Lady Killers, right? It was a comedy. It had uh, the two main people I remember in there is uh, Marlon Wayans and Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks is the main character. And the whole thing is about a bunch of con men uh, try to get together and uh, swindle this lady into letting them use her basement to tunnel and they're basically con men trying to perform a, a, a robbery of some type from what i remember uh the point is in that movie tom hanks arguably one of the uh greatest actors of all time but also arguably one of the greatest comedic actors of all time him and michael keaton both uh have that similar trajectory of started off as uh, stand-up comedians for a little bit, then got straight into stand-up, or got straight into comedic acting, then went into, like, serious roles. Uh, Tom Hanks clearly had a uh, way bigger career, but uh, Michael Keaton, in my opinion, is able to pull off comedy in that aspect uh, far better. Because I think Tom Hanks has a sincerity of lightness that always shines through and that his con man character never seemed dark or menacing in any way whereas michael keaton each one of his characters i believe has been in the gutter at some point like and that's why i played the snl character i don't know what happened to michael keaton i don't know i'm sure his life was just fine but that man has a darkness in him that is able to convincingly pull off something like that. Whereas, again, Tom Hanks, even in dramatic roles, I saw him in Road to Perdition, uh, which is a gangster movie if you haven't seen it, but Tom Hanks has a little bit of lightness to him. He ends up, he is the good guy in the uh, in the movie, but he's supposed to come off as like this anti-hero, this like bad guy who's, you know, doing good, th- or doing bad things for the right reason type thing. And to me, he just kind of comes off as the straight good guy. Whereas Michael Keaton, in almost every um, role he's had, especially major role, he always comes off as the anti-hero, even when he's supposed to be the hero. There's a movie called Dream Team where Michael Keaton's kind of this like dopey guy. He gets sent to, uh, I believe this is Dream Team. I should have looked this up, but whatever. This is Jet. I don't have to do that much research. Uh, but there were, I believe it's Dream Team where he gets sent to this Toyota dealership in like Japan and he's got to make it good again and uh, and he ends up, uh, you know, it's it's like a weird working 80s movie comedy. Uh, anyways, it was on like TBS all the time when I was growing up, but I've watched it multiple times. And even in that movie, that's like this harmless nothing movie, he comes across genuinely like this dude who's down on his luck and if he doesn't succeed uh the like the sequel will be watching him drink his way into like hitting his wife or something and i know that sounds super dark (laughs) but that's the way he always comes across to me is that he's one bad day away from being the worst human being and even when he plays the worst 
human beings like Beetlejuice or Batman. It's convincing. Whereas someone like Tom Hanks, the great one of the greatest actors of all times, doesn't convince me of that. Michael Keaton's got the range of being playing that weird darkness and in that I think that's where the humor is because when you're playing these silly uh, silly comedic characters and you see this underlying darkness that juxtaposition will either make you laugh out of the absurdity of the situation like um, like the SNL sketch the Easter candy where you're like what the fuck or it'll make you laugh at it being uncomfortable, like Beetlejuice, where it's like, oh, he might actually kill everybody at the end of this movie. Um, and yet each of these characters that I've mentioned and talked about uh, has a, a charm that I think has come... Like, I know Michael Keaton came from a big family. I, I don't want to uh, boost my ego too much, but I think there's a little bit of a charm when you come from a big family because you... In, you basically grow up having to get along with uh, a lot of people. And that's not even... I'm not even saying about your your family in general. I'm saying, like, growing up, we always had people in our house around us, like between my mom and dad's friends and other families. That's just one thing. Every family has that. But then you got to think, not only are you meeting your friends at school, you're meeting however many other brothers and sisters' different circles. So you're talking... In one day, you know, my sister would have two friends, my brothers would have two friends each, and then my other sister would have two friends, so that's, what, eight people? And then, God forbid, if we go to church, we go out to eat, my dad was a politician, you you end up having to learn just to get along so people don't fucking pinch your cheeks and shit. You end up having to have a little bit of charm. Everyone in my family is charming in their own way we all know how to get along and it was out of necessity because you're never left alone and i wonder i know michael keaton came from a big family i wonder if that's part of it too i don't know where his darkness comes from but uh like with and i think another reason i i like all of his characters and find them quite amusing uh and i i don't mean to be too self-deprecating here but like, each each of those characters and kind of Michael Caton's acting uh, speaks to me on a very visceral level of that all confidence, no substance. Um, again, not to be self-deprecating, but in a very real way, a lot of times that's how I view myself, that because I learned how to get along uh, real well, uh, I can talk myself out of corners, and I can be a little bit... Um, uh, not darker, because I'm not a fucking psychopath. Uh, but I, I can, I can be a little bit more shitty, uh, and people find it, uh, they, they may not find it <laughs> amusing, uh, but they let, I think I get more leeway than a lot of other people, uh, whenever they try to do it. And I've seen people that, uh, are very much like me in that personality. There are just certain people in life uh, that I, I I view like myself where we just get away with a little bit more. I can say off-color shit jokes and people will definitely roll their eyes and maybe I'm just oblivious to how off-putting I am to everybody. Like right when the doors close behind me, everybody's like, Jesus, who invited that guy? Um, but I, I, I really do feel like there's some... Like the, there's some darkness that... Uh, like how my... The, how Michael Keaton is attractive to me, I wonder if 
the reason I'm attracted to him is because uh, there's a little bit of similarity in what his characters, I'm not going to say him as a person, I don't know him as a person, but his characters and how he's able to portray them. I think why I gravitate towards them is the reason that some people gravitate towards me and I gravitate towards other people is that when you get a glimpse of someone's uh, dark side or the potential of such and it's masked with uh, a veneer of charm, that person or that character becomes very, uh, very intriguing. And it, intrigue is the halfway point to a laugh, right? Uh, just holding someone's attention is the first step to hopefully getting a laugh out of them. And Michael Keaton's able to do that. He plays... He, the, the characters on paper, uh, I'm sure, are funny enough. But when Michael Keaton has taken up each of these characters, he's found a way to make them even more entertaining through just the the intrigue that he injects into it. Uh, and I, uh, I for one, find it uh, quite appealing that he does that uh, with almost every character he's ever played. He's found some way to be dynamically mysterious, even with the... Uh, <laughs> Even with the most mundane of uh, comedies. Uh, the last one I'm going to talk about uh, is, uh, I think, I think a really good example of this. Uh, and it may be a stretch. A lot of times when I talk about this stuff, people think I, I really stretch out uh, my theories on this. But uh, just hold steadfast because we're also going to talk about it more. But there's a movie called Multiplicity. In the movie... Michael Keaton, it's it's like a real rom-com. Michael Keaton plays a guy who's uh, like a dad, a husband, uh, he owns his own construction company, and in the movie he's like, oh, I'm, I'm overworked, I can't do everything, guy's real stressed out. He ends up getting himself cloned. Uh, then the clone uh, says he's stressed out, so he clones himself again. Then the clones themselves say they're stressed out, so they clone themselves. There's, it's, it's just a silly rom-com. He ends up b figuring out how to balance his life between his wife, his work, and his kids, and make it all work out. And uh, but you know he's cloning himself, so hijinks ensue, right? Even in this very milk toast comedy, which I absolutely adore, and I have no shame about it, there are moments again where this odd darkness and intrigue come out because in the movie his first clone e each clone uh there's three clones the the first one goes to work and starts working a lot the second one uh becomes like a housemaker uh and the third one is a clone of a clone so he's kind of fucking stupid but each of them are supposed to represent the different parts of his personality and what would happen to him if he said like say he just went to work all the time he'd become uh the first clone or if he stayed at home and let his wife work he'd become the second guy or i don't know if he played with his kids all the time he'd become stupid i don't know what the third one is he's a clone of clone i think he's just there for comedic purposes however in the first clone where he gets worked to death and like he starts taking up smoking he uh he brings home like chicks from bar back to where they're living and the, the, the more the movie goes on, if it continued, I'm pretty sure he would have ended up doing, like, cocaine or just spiraling into, like, a 
uh, a midlife crisis. Like that, the first clone always registered to me to not fit into this movie because it's so bubbly and uh, <laughs> so like bubbly and warm and like rom comy. But the the first clone goes down like this weird midlife crisis death spiral. And you could just easily, in my mind, even when I saw this as a like a younger guy, I could always see like if it just took a a little bit more nudge off to the left, he would have accidentally killed the guy drinking in a bar, dr- drunk driving DUI. You know what I mean? Like it would have just gone further down the line. And again, he was able to pull that off either by like on purpose or not. He pulled that off in some you know nothing rom com that most people don't ever talk about. So. Michael Keaton, uh, he, th- this is this is my love letter to him. Uh, I think he's one of the greatest actors of all time, at least on my list. And uh, I I would hope that even as he uh, ages and his career uh, kind of solidifies into what his legacy is going to be, I hope that he picks up a little bit more comedies in his waning years because uh, his waning years, he's not dying. He's not like fucking 85 or whatever. But he is, you know, he's an older dude. Uh but I, I hope that he picks up more comedies because uh, I, I fucking love watching him play those like scumbag shitty characters and uh, or even playing nice wholesome characters and showing a little bit of that in him, a little bit of texture inside of everybody. I think that's what Michael Keaton shows all of us. And uh, he's uh, he's one of my favorites. Uh, I swear upon all of these movies I talked about, all these sketches, anything, please go out and watch them. I, I like them all, and then you guys can judge me hard on how much uh, my nostalgic goggles are on this man. But uh, I, I love his movies. I love his acting. I want to see more of them, in, especially in those comedic roles. And we're going to play you out on uh, my <laughs> my favorite scene in Multiplicity. So uh, before we go, thank you all for listening. I hope you're enjoying this. Please give me feedback, like, share, all that stuff. Uh we're we're here we're going bi-weekly i don't know if you guys have noticed we're going bi-weekly now uh to give me time since i uh i moved to canada yeah i'm officially here now uh my immigration papers are still going through so i might have to leave if they don't want me but uh yeah i'm um, hopefully gonna be a canadian now and uh until all of that stuff kind of slows down we're gonna be bi-weekly and we may pick pick it back up to a weekly show again but uh, give me feedback, whatever you guys want me to talk about. Let me know, and uh, I'll see if I can dissect it for you, and we can learn a little bit more about comedy and the art of it, and uh, appreciate it together. Uh, I love you all for supporting me. Uh, check me out on uh, all the social media. Facebook is ISAM Comedy, website ISAM Comedy, uh, Twitter at ISAM Comedy. Uh, Instagram, it's all I Sam comedy, the letter I, I Sam comedy. You guys know the drill. Uh, Follow me, love me, love you, I'll follow you. I'll talk to you guys later. Bye.
cage. Bye, Steve. Good party.